Thank you for downloading this week's episode of PR Week's Coffee Break. For more episodes, visit PRWeek.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Coffee Break. It's Steve Barrett here, the Editorial Director of PR Week. I'm delighted to be with uh, Gulden Massara, who is the Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at City of Hope. And um, really, really great to see you again, Gulden. It's been a while and to talk about your role. And um, welcome to Coffee Break. How are you doing? Great, Steve. It's wonderful to see you. I wish it was in person. I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so tell us about, you had a long career in pharma communications at places like Advi, Pfizer, and then you had a little spell at Walgreens, but this was a slightly different role. City of Hope, fantastic hospital based out, on, out, out west, but tell us, tell us about the role and the organization and what really attracted you to it. Thanks, Steve. You're right. I spent um, about 13 plus years at Pfizer, then I moved over to Abbott Advi. It was wonderful to work in the pharma industry, and I have so much respect for everything that pharma does. And working at Walgreens really exposed me to a different facet of healthcare, of pharmacy, and, and retail. Uh, City of Hope, though, is, is very, very different and very unique in that um, we not only, uh, you know, develop um, a lot of different you know, medications because we're very research-based. We have our own uh, GMP facilities. Uh, we have our own you know, graduate school and school of continuing education, but also it's, it's much more than a hospital. We do have a hospital in LA. We also have a clinical network that spans over 35 different locations across Southern California. We're building a billion dollar new hospital in Irvine, and we've just recently acquired Cancer Treatment Centers of America that now puts City of Hope um, on, on a national uh, footprint with new locations in Illinois, um, Georgia, and Atlanta. So, you know, coming over to City of Hope has certainly been different for me in the sense that it's a different part of healthcare that I get to see that is closer to patients than I've ever been before. And I, I think that it's, for me in my career, it's the perfect time to, to, be, to be doing that. Yeah, and sounds like an exciting time for the organization. It's also the first time you've done a joint comms and a marketing role, isn't it? So tell us a little bit about that and how different that is and how you integrate those two functions to uh, the best effect. Thank you, Steve. You know, it, I, I do like the combination of the communications and marketing officer role in one. Um, you may not know this, but I actually started off in marketing. So when I started off at Pfizer, I started off in marketing. Um, I, I had a master's degree at the time in communications from, from Newhouse School at Syracuse, uh, but I still wanted to explore marketing. And then I moved into government affairs um, and then into public affairs and communication. And going over to Abbey, I was actually running uh, marketing communications globally. So it was a nice combination in that sense. And obviously, the Walgreens role was a chief communications officer role. But I was also in the process of getting my MBA at the time from Kellogg at Northwestern University. Oh, wow. So I was you know, flirting with how the idea. Fit, how did you fit all that in? That's incredible. <laughs> it, was, it was the craziest year, I have to tell you. I, I, I was mid-MBA. Um, when I moved from Abbey to Walgreens Boots Alliance. So not only was I in the second year of doing that big program, but I was also changing companies and industries. 
Um, and, and again, I don't recommend that to anyone uh, while I was also raising my two children. So, but it was a crazy, wonderful period, uh, but it made me want to do more in marketing and as well as communication. So that's why for me, this is a wonderful role. And also to see how the two uh, you know, capabilities come together to really impact how we communicate and how we market has been wonderful to be able to manage with my team. Yeah, and you've been based in Chicago for a long time, haven't you? But now you're sort of shuttling between LA and um, and Chicago in this role with City of Hope's main operation being there. Although, as you said, with that acquisition, it's now a national organization. That's indeed true. Actually, it's very interesting when you think about where I really come from, Steve, because as you know, I'm originally from Istanbul in Turkey. So when I first started off in my career, it was a lot of international work, a lot of work in Europe, Asia, the Middle East and, and Latin America. Uh, I've increasingly focused more and more on you know, the U.S., and you're right, I spent the last 10, uh, 10 years in, in Chicago, uh, but it's really nice to be out in LA. Um, there's a lot to see, a lot to do. And now that we're a global, a national organization, I'm spending a lot of time uh, traveling again. Yeah, well, that's an amazing city, Istanbul. If no, people haven't been there, that is an absolutely incredible city to visit. So I heartily recommend it. Um, but apart from everything else that you just mentioned, there was this little thing called COVID going on uh, around the same time, wasn't there? So how did that impact? First of all, it must have been quite a tricky time to start a new role. But also, how did COVID, you know, because health services pretty much, folk, you know, turned their attention to COVID because they had to, didn't they? Um, did And City of Hope probably helped out, but it, it's a cancer hospital. So what was the impact of COVID and how did you communicate around that to make sure people were still getting their checks and their essential, you know, healthcare um, services? Yeah, you're right. I, I, I started my job in September of 2020, um, right in the middle of COVID. I started virtually. And that in and of itself, I'm sure many of, of our you know, viewers have, have dealt with that experience, you know, taking over a new team and learning a new institution uh, remotely was, was definitely challenging. But, but, I, but it had its own set of benefits from, from that sense. Uh, because, yeah, I got to know people on Zoom one-on-one. City of Hope did a wonderful job with, you know, virtual orientation. And I was able to fly out as much as I possibly could, as safely as possible. Uh, but you're right. From a patient perspective, we saw declines in cancer screening because people were just too scared. And, you know, when you don't want to leave your house and you don't want to be exposed, especially to a hospital setting during COVID, um, and all the guidelines, you know, were basically recommending at the time against you know, going out and, and being outside unless you had masks. And remember, when this first started, there weren't even vaccines out there. And yeah. so... Um, there weren't enough masks either, were there? There weren't masks anything. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Exactly. And it's amazing to see how much the pharma industry has done to be able to accelerate, you know, the, the, the vaccine. It, 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 it's amazing and phenomenal. But at the time, unfortunately, one of the impacts that COVID had was on cancer screenings. We saw a significant decline across the board. And it's like double digit declines in screenings. And at the time, I don't know if you recall, but a lot of hospitals were actually uh, advertising around, you know, cancer doesn't stop, don't delay your screening. And one of the benefits now of, of coming out of, you know, the, 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 the initial part of COVID is screenings are back up, and which is so important because the earlier you can detect um, 
cancer, the, the, you have a better chance of, of, of getting cured or, or fully treated, which is so important in, in you know, what, what we do to be able to reach and, and communicate that to more and more patients and potential patients. Did you do any specific campaigning or activations that you were particularly proud of or that worked particularly well, you know, in that context? We did. I mean, I think similar to other uh, cancer institutions, our message was first, we, we made sure we were reaching out to our own network of, of patients and caregivers to make sure that they were not delaying, not just screenings, but ongoing you know, hospital visits. And um, we thought we saw that that was very effective. It was increasingly digitalized. Um, and then also with regards to reaching potential patients, we did a lot to just educate folks on we have blogs, we have community sites that we create uh, just to create more put more information out there to get people in. Um, the marketing mix changed, though. Um, you know, historically, it had been more out of home placements and, and billboards and whatnot. You know, with people being at home more and more, our focus on digital outreach um, definitely increased. And, and we've seen that continue and be very effective. Yeah, because the whole, it's called out of home, isn't it? And everyone, well, not everyone, people forget that 60% of the population was actually out there working, including a lot of your essential workers, but uh, a lot of people were at home. So were, were there things that you would say changed during COVID where, which will probably continue? You might say maybe actually this digital, the digital marketing or comms has worked really well and that's the way to go. And, and, and the, also the way people access care or services has gone more digital, hasn't it? Or telehealth or whatever. Is, have you seen many developments in that sort of uh, area? Definitely for, with regards to, you know, wanting more digital information and, and, and wanting more telehealth. And we've seen, you know, telehealth uh, become more and more important even prior to COVID. And, you know, City of Hope actually launched a company called Access Hope a couple of years ago, which is all about getting secondary cancer opinion. And we have uh, about 75 clients, 23 of them are Fortune 100 companies. And we've seen that you know, services like that, that increasingly offer virtual uh, you know, recommendation solutions definitely um, are, are sought after. However, in, in what we do, you still need people to come into the hospital. You still need people to come into the clinic. Uh, In-home care, obviously, is something that's very important in the, in the, in the cancer space. So that's something that Cancer Treatment Centers of America has done a lot of work around and City of Hope will continue to do as well. And, and also from an employee perspective, right, the way that we all, you know, work has completely changed. You know, the hybrid ways of working is something that's not going to go away. But when you work in a network like the one I'm part of, our frontline workers, um, they, they didn't get to ever work remotely or hybrid. They, they were in every day, our nurses, our doctors. And that's going to be something that that I think will be very, very, you know, hard to ever change um, yeah. in, in this space. It's the other thing we the, everyone discovered, if they didn't know already during COVID, was that pe people don't all, all have equal access to healthcare, do they? The whole issue of health equity was massive. And um, certainly uh, marginalised communities, it, their access was even less during COVID. What, how did you reach out to uh, communities like that? And, and how is diversity and health equity um, affecting and impacting the strategy, Not as, both from a strategy point of view, but as a communications and a marketing function too? 
You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, at City of Hope, one thing that's really interesting about our history is we've been around for over 100 years. And City of Hope originally started as a tuberculosis um, a sanatorium for people dealing with tuberculosis that was open to everyone. And from the beginning of our founding, we've always believed in, in democratizing um, you know, care and services. And that transcends into what we do today. So uh, right around COVID, we actually uh, started a public affairs campaign called Cancer Care is Different. And it's all about um, you know, creating um, awareness uh, around the need to uh, be able to go to a specialty cancer treatment facility sooner in your journey, because right now there is some legislation, especially in California, that does not allow for that. And we um, crafted the first uh, Cancer Patients Bill of Rights. And we did a lot of advocacy work in California around this. Because one of the things that you know is very core to our vision forward for City of Hope is what we call democratizing cancer care. And democratizing cancer care basically means reaching more communities um, across America uh, to make sure that no matter what your zip code is, no matter what how much you make or you know where you live, you can access the best. Um, cancer treatments and cancer insights, um, just like anyone with you know more resources can, and that for us is very very foundational and very important, and that's one of the reasons why we are we are expanding the way we are. How do you get a message over that that can be offered? Because a lot of communities sit and must maybe skeptical about that. How do you get the message over that it, that it can be accessible to all? Well, I mean, I think part of it is just, you know, continuing to create this awareness about the why we care the way we do. And we were one of, you know, a few uh, groups that actually can um, create that kind of network. But also, it's not just us alone. We need to make sure that we're, you know, working with insurance companies and, and others to make sure that if there are gaps or if there are barriers, uh, hopefully we can be part of the solution in, in, in getting those you know, removed. Uh, but we do think that you know, community-based care is going to increasingly be important and we want to be in as many communities as possible uh, to, to provide access. Well, Gildan, the work you're doing is incredible. It's really important and everybody at City of Hope and the other hospitals. So we thank you for that and all the essential workers and, and work frontline workers who continue to do an amazing job. And we mustn't forget about them you know we people had a raise heightened awareness of that during covid but we mustn't forget about them so keep up the great work and great to catch up with you and uh, find out about the new role well the newish role <laughs> thanks steve and if you're ever in alley we look forward to having you visit us at city of i would love to do that really would thank you so much Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Coffee Break. For more episodes, visit PRWeek.com.